<laughs> wow. You've got an army on your hands, brother. Amen. Hey, we'll check on you about 3 o'clock, okay? Make sure you survive that. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Brother Hal and Miss Kathy. What a beautiful, beautiful song. And Janet and I, as we were singing up here, we were just listening to you as you were singing in Christ alone. And let me tell you what, y'all sound good. Can I get a testimony? Amen. Amen. Why, don't we get, why don't we hit the road and go get us a bus and we'll go church to church. And Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you so much for being here on such a special, special day. Uh, but before I begin, I want to just make you aware of a few prayer requests, both in our church family and in our community. Um, one, uh, the family of Michael Nunley acknowledges our deep, their deep appreciation and your kind expression of sympathy and sincere appreciation for your thoughtfulness and contributing food during our family's loss, as well as the beautiful throw for Grandma and Grandpa for us. God bless you and thank you, the Michael Nunley family. Uh, also, another request um, is Jerry Cole. Many of you may know Jerry. Uh, he's going to be having heart surgery, so we lift, we're lifting him up. Uh, also, in our church family, we're praying for Miss Lena Will Thompson. Uh, Miss Lena Will fell last night and hurt herself pretty bad, and she's in the hospital. So uh, be lifting up Miss Lena Will and that family as they care for her. Uh, also praying for Chad Hall. Uh, and Miss Kay Green, if you don't mind me saying so, sis, I just wanted to acknowledge you and uh, your rededication of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, what a touching moment that was. And I just want to uh, say thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Also praying for Miss Glenda Thomas. Uh, we're waiting for some results for an MRI for her. And we're just knowing they're going to be good. And the doctor's going to be able to heal her. Amen. Jesus will use modern medicine. Amen. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, also pray, praying for Bubba Hughes, just in a silent prayer request. Uh, you remember Bubba this week, amen? Uh, also, in our community, we're remembering Francis Scott, which is Brother Max's mom. Uh, Richard Berryhill, which is Brother Jonathan's dad. Also, Reagan Newton. Uh, Ella Ree and Lloyd Pratt was a, uh, a couple that we took our fruit baskets to uh, last week. And uh, Brother Harold and Miss Mary uh, took that basket, and they're just asking from for prayer from the saints, and I know that you're faithful to do that. Uh, also praying for Willa Dean Hammond, a new cancer diagnosis. Lynn Greer with the same. Uh, Bobby White. Uh, McKinley Trousdell. McKinley is a 13-year-old young lady at Lexington, and the bottom line is she's been at UAB Children's for about a month now, and the lowdown is, is they don't really know exactly what's going on. It's a cancer-like diagnosis, but she's not responding to chemo or anything like that. So uh, I told this family uh, that we would be praying for them, and I pray that you'd remember McKinley. Uh, also, the Gertrude Gibson family, and uh, also Johnny Hardiman, we're lifting him up as well. If you would, as Brother Howe mentioned, uh, there is a perforated edge on your bulletin. We really want to be known as a praying church, so if you've got concerns, prayer concerns, and you'd like for us to pray for them, just fill that out. You can give that to me on the way out. But also, if you would take the time, um, not during the message, amen, but maybe after the message, but if you're visiting with us for the first time, or maybe it's been a long time since you've been with us, and that's okay too, would you fill that out and allow us just the privilege of sending you a thank you card for being here? Uh, we just 
treasure the thought of welcoming folks that uh, want to join, want to be a part of this wonderful, wonderful celebration. So fill that out and we will uh, certainly be appreciative of that. Well, with that being said, I just want to begin uh, with a word of prayer. And uh, I just pray that you would realize that you are here in this place for a very, very specific reason. Amen? You could have been in a lot of different churches. You could have been cooped up on the couch. But God's got you here for a reason. And so my prayer is, as we learned in our sunrise service, that you would recognize the purpose of why you're living. Amen? So let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father God, what an amazing day you've provided for us. And Lord, every single time that we open our eyes after sleeping at night, Lord, we recognize that you have purpose in store for that day. Otherwise, you wouldn't have created it. Furthermore, we recognize that there is purpose for our lives. Otherwise, you wouldn't let us wake up. Lord, I pray that today we would seek that purpose, that we would grab hold of that purpose, and that we would live out, flesh out that purpose so that you could be exalted and, Lord, people would be reached for the cause of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for these that have gathered here today. Lord, what a wonderful, honoring fellowship that we've already had. And, Lord, we always know that when songs of praise are sung to you, Father, you are pleased and we put a big old fat smile on your face. And, Father, that's our desire to please you. But, Lord, we also know that when the Word of God is preached and that Word falls on a receptive heart and a receptive mind, Lord, we know that lives can change. After all, wasn't that the biggest reason for Easter? So that lives could be changed. Father, I know in a congregation this large, Father, there's plenty of lives that need to be changed, beginning with the one who's speaking right now. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we would receive these words and that, Father, we would uh, listen to the facts, but we'd also pay attention to the acts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, again, I want to uh, reiterate the, um, uh, the sunrise service that we had this morning at Anderson Park. Uh, over 80 people got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Actually, they had to get up earlier than that. But they gathered together at 6 o'clock uh, at the park for uh, a praise uh, time led by Brother Howe uh, by a, for a message by Brother Chuck Hood and uh, some great eats, amen, from First Baptist Church in Anderson. And let me tell you what, it was incredible. About 80 folks gathered together watching the sun come up over the hill. Y'all, it was amazing. And a great, great blessing. So uh, maybe next year, if you weren't able to attend this year, maybe you can come next year. And I promise you, you will be blessed. Amen. And everybody needs a blessing, right? Amen. Amen. Well, let me get started first by sharing a little story with you. A fellow named Ken Davis tells a story about a woman who was looking out her kitchen window when she saw her German shepherd shaking the fool out of their neighbor's rabbit. Oh, my goodness. The family didn't get along with the neighbor, so she knew this was going to be bad. So she grabbed a broom, and she began to hit that German shepherd, trying to knock it off that rabbit, until that dog dropped that extremely dead rabbit. 
Then she began to panic. She didn't know what to do. And so she grabbed the rabbit and she ran inside with the rabbit and she gave that rabbit a bath and she blow dried it until it was nice and fluffy and then she brushed its fur and then she saw that the rabbit was looking real good and she snuck back into the neighbor's backyard and she took that rabbit and she set it up in the cage just like she thought it had come out of. Well, about an hour later, she heard screams from the neighbor's house. And she ran over and she said, what in the world is going on? And the neighbor said, our rabbit, our rabbit, the neighbor cried. It died two weeks ago. We buried it and now the rabbit's back. <laughs> That's a resurrection story of a different kind, amen? But today, today, I want to talk to you about something of the utmost importance to this church and to every church of Jesus Christ, no matter what denomination they may be. On this day, Easter Sunday, we remember and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But, but I've got a fear. I've got this fear that we get so used to saying and talking about the resurrection of Jesus that we lose sight of what we're actually talking about here. Think about this. We are talking about Jesus after having been nailed to a cross and experiencing complete and total death coming back to life again. What we're talking about here is a body as dead as a body can be. Amen? As dead as a body can be, having its lungs refilled with oxygen, having blood coursing through its veins again, and having brain activity returning to normal. We're talking about a body. A body that literally rose from the dead. And furthermore, that body belonged to none other than the Son of God. It was God's body in human flesh that had died three days previously. And here it was. Here out of the grave, He arose. Friend, if you can't get excited about that, you need to check your pulse. Amen? The most fundamental truth in the entire Bible is the resurrection, the raising again of Jesus, the Son of God. Without the resurrection, this book, the rest of this book, is pretty much meaningless. Without the resurrection... What good is the rest of the book? In fact, when Peter went to visit a Roman officer named Cornelius, it was this message of the resurrection that was his primary focus. This story, this message that Jesus Christ had arose from the dead is what he wanted to tell this fellow. And in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 39, here's what went down. 
And we, Peter said, are witnesses of all the things which Jesus did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed Him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and who drank with Him after He arose from the dead. And He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is He who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and of the dead. To Him all the prophets witness that through His name, get this friend, if you don't get anything else I've said today, get this, that through His name, whoever believes in Him will receive forgiveness of sins. That is something to celebrate. Amen? So, uh, Peter, what Peter was proclaiming 2,000 years ago is something we ought to be proclaiming every day. That Jesus rose from the dead. That being the case, your message has only two parts. Do you know what that means? Hal says it means nothing. Some people think it means that you get out of here early. Amen? Some of you wish you could get out of here early. But it means nothing. The two parts of your message is this. The first is the facts. What do you need to know about the resurrection? The second is the acts. What do you need to do? about the resurrection. Friend, listen, if we can get a grip on that, if we can get a grip on those two things, the facts and the acts, then this can be the very best Easter you ever had. So, anybody remember the, the sitcom, or not sitcom, it was a, a, a drama named Dragnet. Who remembers Dragnet? I'm going to show you your age. Alright. Well, there, there was a there was an investigator, a cop, named Joe Friday, that he would go up to the, to the uh, witnesses and he would say, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Y'all remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not the only one. I know better. Here's what we're going to talk about first. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Here is what you need to know. There are three specific things that we need to know, whether you're already a Christian or whether you're thinking about becoming one. Three things. Number one, you need to know that Jesus died for you. That Jesus died for you. When Jesus died on the cross, the mind blower is this. He chose to die. He did it voluntarily. He chose to die on that cross. And he made that choice because he knew you were going to be in here one day lost and in need of a Savior. He knew you was going to be here. And he knew that you would need a Savior. So let me put this into perspective for you, okay? Consider this. You and I have both sinned. Do you agree with that? Anybody not agree with that? Let me see that, that righteous person out there. Amen. You and I have both sinned, okay? We know that. And that sin has separated us from God for all time. Now, this holy God who is completely sinless, yet perfectly just, had no choice but to punish you and to punish me for the sins we had committed. But at the same time, this God, who never sinned, 
wanted a relationship with me and you. He wanted a relationship with me and you, and there's nothing he wouldn't do to establish that relationship. So you don't, do you know what he did? Instead of punishing you, he punished his one and only son, the innocent one, the sinless sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the punishment that I deserve, the punishment that you deserve, that we were found guilty of. was paid by the Son of God. We were put on trial. We were found guilty as sin. That's where the old saying comes from, amen. We were found guilty as sin. And the punishment for that sin is that we were to be have eternal death. That was the punishment. Even though we were guilty, I want you to know today that God took the hit for us. Amen? God took the hit for us. You see, when we place our trust in Jesus Christ, we walk out of that eternal courtroom. We walk out of that courtroom as free men and women with no stain of guilt, no stain of sin on our record. We've been totally and completely set free from condemnation and from guilt because Jesus died for us. The first fact that you need to know is that Jesus died for you. The second fact that you need to know is that Jesus rose for you. He was raised from the grave for you. See, while many kids uh, have received an Easter basket this morning, many kids have received a chocolate bunny this morning, we know that the good news about Easter don't have nothing to do with a rabbit. Amen? We know that. It is God in the flesh literally rising from the dead and proving that He is exactly who He claimed to be. After Jesus was crucified, women came to the tomb and there they met two angels. And the angels told them, He ain't here. Y'all hear that Anderson twang? He ain't here. He is risen. And listen to this. Remember. Say remember. remember. Say it louder. Remember. remember how He told you while you were still over there in Galilee, down in Rogersville. Amen. Remember what he told you while you were still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of evil men and be crucified. But on the third day, he'd rise again. What was that word you just said? Remember. remember. That's why we're here today. To remember what Jesus did for us. And one of the things that he did for us, one of the things you need to know is that he rose for you. Remember how he told you, the angels asked. Remember, don't you remember what Jesus said? Don't you remember that he promised he was going to die? Don't you remember that he promised he was going to raise again from the dead? Remember. See, that's the question I think we ought to ask ourselves. Man, don't I remember? Don't I remember what this word of God says here? Don't I remember that Jesus promised me 
He promised me that He would die and that He would raise again. Do you remember? Friends, do you remember? See, not only did Jesus die for you, Jesus also returned for you. Amen? He returned for you, and His victory over death is proof positive that He is who He claimed to be. Not only did He die for you, but He returned for you. And not only did He die, not only did He rise, but one of the facts you need to know is, is that Jesus cares for you. He cares for you. You know, on a, a weekend like this, people always visit that I've never had the privilege of meeting before. It's always such a joy to see so many wonderful people gather to worship and honor the Lord on Resurrection Sunday. But there's no way that I can know every circumstance in your life. There's no way that I can know what exactly you believe about God. No matter where you are in your life today, whether you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you are an atheist, whether you've been trying to work for the Lord all your life, or whether you don't really care what God thinks, all those things have no bearing on the fact that Jesus cares for you. And it's never, ever too late. See, this God in the flesh who died on the cross and who was raised from the dead is the same God who wants you to know right now. He wants you to know right now that there's nothing that you could possibly do, nothing you could possibly say that would change His mind about you. Man, He loves you. He loves you. With a deep, intimate love, God loves you. So do you need proof that He loves you? Have you checked out the cross lately? Is the cross enough to prove to you that He loves you? That He would give Himself for you? Friends, if that's not enough, then just listen to His promise to you. His promise is, the promise that He makes to you right now is that you, if you only believe, He will take away every bad thing you've ever thought. He will take away every sin you've ever committed. He will take away every little piece of guilt that your past has drummed up. His promise is, He'll take it away if you'll only believe. Will you accept His care for you today? For God so loved you. He so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you accept His care for you? Simply believe and you will receive. Believe and you will receive everything that Jesus has promised.
So what do you need to know about the resurrection? You need to know that Jesus died for you. You need to know that Jesus rose for you. But friend, you need to know that Jesus cares for you. Those are the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Now the second part of your message involves the acts. If the first part of the message was the facts, what do I need to know? The second part is the act. What do I need to do in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? We've seen what Jesus has done and what He continues to do. Friend, we now need to see what Jesus calls us to do on this glorious resurrection day. And the first thing that He calls us to do as believers in the resurrection is to die to yourself. To die to yourself. What I'm about to tell you is the hardest thing you will ever do. But it is doable. It is doable. It's something that Jesus calls everyone who claims to believe in Him to do. It is a necessary part of being a Christ follower. And what Christ calls us to do, He will also give us the power to get done. You're not in this all alone. He's with you every step of the way to help you die to self. Jesus told His friends, His disciples, those closest to Him, He said, if any of you wants to be My follower, now that's kind of crazy to be talking to a disciple that way. But He was asking them, after them following for a year or so, He was saying, if you want to be My follower, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Me. What an interesting thing to say to those who are the closest to you. Why did he say that? I believe that it all comes up to understanding what it means to take up your cross. Take up your cross means to die to self. There's only one thing that occurs on a cross. Do you know what it is? So if you're taking up your cross, you're preparing to die to self. And die to self literally means that you are no longer number one. Someone else is. Amen. You're no longer number one. Theologically speaking, it means you're identifying with what Jesus did on the cross. But practically speaking, it means that you are coming to the realization that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Practically speaking, it means that you're accepting Jesus as your Savior from sin. Literally, practically speaking, it means you are allowing Him to take first place in your life. Friend, the first act that you must do after you believe is you must learn to die to yourself. Did you hear me? You heard me say amen. amen. You must learn to die to yourself. 
Now there's also a second thing that the Lord calls us to do when we come to believing in the resurrection. Not only must we die to ourselves, but we must also live for Jesus. To live for Jesus means that now I'm going to consider what He wants first. Sweet Willie, don't get a vote. Y'all know who Sweet Willie is, right? Sweet Willie is me. Sweet Willie, don't get a vote. It's all about what Jesus wants. I want what He wants for my life. That means the way I live my life, I want to be the kind of husband. I want to be the kind of parent. I want to be the kind of employee. I want to be the kind of friend that He expects me to be. In every scope of my life, I want to be what He wants me to be. And why in the world would Sweet Willie do that? Why would He do that? Because of Easter. Because Jesus died for me. Because Jesus rose for me. And because Jesus cares for me. I'm simply acknowledging by the way I live my life that Jesus should rightfully be in charge from this point forward. Sometimes we have to start afresh. Amen? Sometimes I can't look back because back is awful ugly. So I say from this point forward, I'm following Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. I pray that today you're going to put your foot down. You're going to draw your line in the sand. And you're going to say, enough's enough. I'm going across that line and I ain't going back. I don't like who he was. I don't like where he was. I don't like who he was hanging with. I'm living for Jesus. But not only must we die to ourselves and live for Jesus, but we must also know that if we will, we will rise with Jesus. We will rise with Jesus. You may not know this, but the Prime Minister of England back in World War II, a man named Winston Churchill, actually arranged his own funeral. He arranged his own funeral in St. Paul's Cathedral. Man, there were some incredible hymns being sung. Oh man, it was an impressive service there in the cathedral. But toward the end of the service, a man with a bugle up in the, the arches of St. Paul's Cathedral began to play taps. Now those of you, like myself, with no military background, taps is the song, the universal song, that the day is over. And then after that was done, there was a long pause. And then, from the other side of the cathedral, another man with a bugle began playing a song, and the song was Reveille. Now those of you with no military background like, with, like myself, you need to know that Reveille is the military wake-up call. Amen? The end of the day over here 
a brand new morning over here. This was Churchill's way of saying, friend, that we might say good night here. But we're saying good morning up there. Now why would Churchill do that? Why would he do that as part of his funeral? It was because he believed in Jesus Christ who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And listen to the spectacular question that you are being asked today. In the conclusion of that verse, Jesus said, Do you believe this? And so, I believe God asks us today, Do you believe this? That Jesus is the resurrection and the life? That he who believes in him, though he may die, yet he shall live? Do you believe in this? Friend, if you are a Christian, you are promised that there will come a point in time where you will experience the resurrection of the dead. It's coming. Amen? It's coming. And we can trust the promise because it was made by the one who experienced what it was like to be dead. But he also experienced what it was like to be raised again. And he is in whom we place our faith. You know, I've counted and discovered that I have celebrated a lot of Easter's in my lifetime. I ain't going to tell you how many. Just, just know it was plenty. Now, the first few Easter's that I celebrated, you know, I really didn't know what Easter was all about. In fact, I'll admit that in my early years, the Easter bunny and my Easter basket were probably a lot more important than the resurrection of Jesus. But listen here. There finally came a point in time. There came a point in my life where I had to wrestle with the fact, say fact, with the fact of the resurrection of Jesus. I had, to I had to wrestle with that fact in my mind. Could I wrap my mind around a man, the Son of God, rising again? I had to wrap my heart around that. Am I capable of believing that Jesus would do such a thing for me? I had to decide whether what Jesus had done and was presently doing was enough. For me to give my life to Him. My decision was yes. My decision was yes. He had proven without a doubt that He was the one worthy of my life. He had proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that He was the one who deserved my dedication. He had proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that He and He alone was the one worthy of my worship. 
And since that day, I have never, ever been the same. So my question to you this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. Can you wrap your mind around the facts of the resurrection so that you can understand what you need to know? Furthermore, believers, if you believe in the resurrection, can you wrap your heart around the acts of what you need to do. My question to you this morning is, what are you going to do with Jesus this Easter? You can sit in your pew during this decision time. Feel comfortable with your stomach rumbling. Father, we would 